Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. I'm so glad, as always, that you've decided to join us this weekend for an hour of hopefully gardening inspiration, tips, ideas, and, of course, last week we had a Q&A week. We always like to save the last week of the month to answer your questions. We did uh, spend the entire time answering one question, but I know that as spring comes around... As it is coming around, things are leafing out, greening out. That means that the bugs and insects and other problems are going to start. Diseases, hopefully not. But if you have a question, if you have a problem in your landscape and you need a solution, need some help, some guidance, feel free to send us those questions so we can answer them on the program at NewSouthernGarden.com or Facebook and Instagram. Today, I do want to help give you some inspirational ideas as far as plants goes, because you're going to be going into the garden centers, your local plant nurseries, and you're going to be experiencing a maybe overwhelming sense of what do I pick? What can I try? Well, always start with what attracts you. Always go for plants that you like. Perhaps you do like the appearance of certain plants. Go for it. <laughs> it's always, a, I mean, gardening isn't a big experiment anyways. It's a big trial, trying to uh, see if the new things work. And so today we're going to talk about some new things on New Southern Garden. <laughs> we're going to talk about new plants, new perennial plants for 2022. And not necessarily that these plants are brand new, but they are relatively new to the trade. Uh, of course, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week, uh, we do source plants that we can't grow or some of the new things that are branded uh, from local growers. So these are things that are being locally produced that you should be able to find a source for. That is the trouble with looking in magazines or online. Uh, it, you know, you can find any plant online. You can find any plant in a magazine but you can't physically pull it out of the pages or off of the web page. <laughs> You've got to find it in person. And sometimes the newer things are harder to find. So it's always a great idea to start getting your ideas, your inspiration, etc., etc., for new plants. Start at the local garden center. What will you have an easy time finding? Because some of the new plants might be harder to find. So with that in mind, I am going to focus on some new things that you can definitely find locally. Uh, particularly because I know that at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, we will have them for you. But otherwise, wherever you live, give them a call. Give your local nursery a call and see if they have uh, some of these new plants and some of the things you're looking for, maybe even before venturing out there. But if you venture out there, I'm sure you'll find something that you like. So today I'm basically going to be talking about some new plants from the Proven Winners collection, if you will, from the brand Proven Winners. 
and you will know and recognize their plants in the nurseries because you will find very full-size gallons, very full-size three-gallon pots that are white. The background is white. The pot itself is white. And the letters have a big PW and proven winners underneath. And, of course, these are really new plants, really cool plants, too. I think that, you know, there's a place to try old fashions and the things of yesteryear because they've lasted, they've been dependable, but the new things will become... Uh, the plants of old one day, right? So to to think that we could be the first to try these new varieties and these new um, cultivars of certain plants that we've known and loved for years uh, is really an exciting thing. Uh, really, I just need to uh, uh, invite you again uh, to Lanier Nursery and Gardens on April 16th. Now, that is our garden party, our open house, if you will. We're open all year. It's not really a, um, an opening day or anything. It's just a nice party. Hopefully, the weather's going to be looking good. And uh, definitely would like for you to join us there in Flowery Branch, Georgia. Just check us out online at LanierNurseryGardens.com. And you can RSVP your children. Uh, basically school age up to uh, fifth grade, uh, walking through fifth grade for a Easter egg hunt for the kids at 11 o'clock that day. And then after that, uh, we'll celebrate with a customer appreciation lunch. Uh, Don't get too excited. It's just a hot dog lunch with maybe some cookies and Kool-Aid. No, we'll have some bottled water or something. But regardless, uh, we do appreciate those of you who have traveled out to the nursery and just want to invite you to our garden party on April 16th. Again, more information online at LanierNurseryGardens.com. All right, so new plants. New plants, like I said, even though they're not necessarily new just this year, they have recently been been introduced and are becoming available in our local market. Uh, I'm going to focus on proven winners plants today because they are really some attractive plants uh, displayed in a beautiful white pot with the big PW proven winners logo on the side. You will recognize that very readily. The first plant that I want to talk about, I guess we'll just go alphabetically, is going to be Achillea. You know, Achillea is actually not a new plant. It's been around for millennium, if you will, for a very long time. As a matter of fact, the name Achillea does come from Achilles, like our Achilles tendon being down at our foot because of the old story about Achilles. But the reason Achillea gets its name uh, is because back in the old day, the Greeks, Romans, whatever, I guess there's some crossover there, right? But they would use this plant commonly called yarrow, if you don't know it by Achillea, but they would use Achillea yarrow as sort of a potpourri for their houses. You know, back in the day, they didn't have wooden floors. They would have just been a dirt floor that's been compacted after the years of treading on it. Well, in order to increase the smell, you know, the the fragrance, I shouldn't decrease odor and increase fragrance in the house, they would take the leaves of the yarrow plant called Achillea, and they would throw them on the floor, and as people stepped on them, they would release this nicer odor, if you will. And if you smell and crush the foliage of of Achillea or yarrow, you will smell a fragrance. I don't find it to be as sweet as the potpourris of modern day, but regardless, that is a little history on on Achillea, not Achilles, but it comes from the old story of Achilles dealing with the foot, the heel, because this plant was crushed on the uh, bare floors of the old houses of yesteryear. 
millennia ago, hundreds, thousands of years ago. Now, there have been there are many different varieties of achillea. You can buy them from seed, the old-fashioned ones. You can let them uh, reseed and cross-pollinate and give you new colors and varieties. But the Proven Winners folks have put out some very delicious, if you will, very beautiful selections. The first one I want to talk about is Firefly Amethyst Achillea, or Yarrow. Now, as the name suggests, the amethyst uh, is that color. It's the color of purple or lavender. It does start out to be a nice, rich purple, um, lavender pink, if you will, and then the flowers fade to a softer pink as they get older. And so it really is a, a dark color at the beginning, bright lavender pink, fading to a light pink. It's got, just like Achillea, you would suggest, very billowy. I love that term because I did look it up on Proven Winners. Uh, we've got some at the nursery, but billowy is how Proven Winners describes it. Billowy habits. So it's like these green, fluffy clouds. You know, the Achillea, the yarrow plant is very feather-like. Very feather-like, broad foliage, though, and the beauty of it and an improvement is that it stays sturdy. It's upright as well. Achillea is an upright plant, but sometimes they get floppy, and so the improvements that Proven Winners have brought them give you perhaps a better show, a better enduring show, a lasting show in the garden without all the flowers falling over. So with that in mind, the plant itself only grows with the flower, with the flower spikes, only 18 to 22 inches tall. And the beauty of it, just like the old-fashioned Achillea or Yarrow, is that it spreads from 32 to 36, three feet, 36 inches wide. So you can buy just a few plants. I mean, two plants, if you space them appropriately, could fill six, six foot spacing. And it takes some time and, and growth, right? We've got to just accept that. You buy small plants in the nursery, but as it grows and develops, it will spread. And it can be one of those plants that's right on the front border, right on the front border of your planting. As far as its, its needs, you would be looking at sun. Most Achillea and Yarrow, they're going to bloom better in the sun. Uh, but it's really a long-lasting bloom. Especially, you know, when you deadhead, when you remove old flowers, they'll start in early summer. As those fade, you can chop them back. You'll get blooms in midsummer to late summer, and they don't necessarily require wonderful soil. The beauty of yarrow is that uh, poor soil, they should grow pretty well. Average soil, no problem. Now, the uh, great thing, of course, is that here in the south, our soils tend to be more acidic. And there's no problem with an acidic soil as far as the pH of the soil goes. So with that in mind, you've got this beautiful upright plant that only gets 18 to 22 inches tall, give or take, dark green leaves. And the firefly amethyst does a great job, a great job of giving you that beautiful purple. But with that in mind, there is a similar Proven Winners Achillea in the same series. It's called Firefly Sunshine. Firefly Sunshine Achillea, or Yarrow, I should probably stick with one name or the other. But of course, a very similar growing habit, very similar growing habit, upright flowers, billowy foliage, dark green foliage, and the sunshine, as the name suggests, is going to be a yellow, very bright yellow. And I would say that as far as the 
color goes, it's sort of in the same, uh, not hue, but, oh, I forget my old art classes. Uh, The color, the softness of the amethyst is the same softness as the yellow, and so they work very well together because they're going to be in the same height range and because they're going to be, um, actually the sunshine may be a bit taller, so they could be planted behind the amethyst, and that purple and yellow blossoms, lavender and yellow, is going to be a great contrast. Now on this program we've talked about contrasting colors gives you the most impressive show, the most uh, bold display that you possibly could have. So putting yellow and purple together, especially with plants that are similar uh, in texture, similar in size and shape, is going to be a great thing in the landscape. It's going to really stand out. So a big swath of purple in front of a big swath of yellow with those nice upright flowers uh, on those tall flower stalks can be really, really impressive. So the first plant that we've talked about today, the new plant, new perennial for 2022 is proven winners, uh, Achillea, Firefly Amethyst, and Firefly Sunshine. Those two are going to bring a bit of brightness to your landscape and a good bit of color, that is for sure. Now, Proven Winners has been doing some wonderful work with Baptisia, and we have talked about Baptisia on this program before. We have talked about um, the, the Baptisia in the sense that it's a native plant, it's a great pollinator plant, but it blooms really, really early. It blooms really early in the spring. It's just starting to bud out in the greenhouses right now. Now, remember, a little bit of history with Baptisia. Its common name is false indigo. That's right. The indigo plant is not necessarily native here. I believe it was brought from China, but you may have to correct me on that. But the uh, false indigo is not a true indigo. It's Baptisia. But it does have similar characteristics because back in the day when indigo may not have been so uh, prevalent, you'd use false indigo to dye denim for blue jeans and whatnot. And it all comes from the the flower. Of course, the flower of false indigo, traditionally, some of the native species are quite blue. Some are white. Some are yellow. All right. So what Proven Winners has done is they've started hybridizing our native Baptisias. So these are native hybrids, if you will, but they're definitely improvements for flower color, flower form, plant form, and they work very well in the landscape. Uh, We got to take a quick break, but we're not going to stop talking about Baptisia because I'm going to talk about the new ones that Proven Winners has and also some of the benefits they'll have in your garden and landscape. When we get back, all about Baptisia and false indigos. Hang on tight. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at NewSouthernGarden.com where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone. So get social with the New Southern Garden family and let's grow well. 
All right, gang. Well, you know, we're getting into spring 2022, and I know you want to do new things in your landscape. We're always encouraging that. And so today we're talking about new perennial plants for 2022, particularly looking at some of the new varieties of perennials and cultivars that are coming out from Proven Winners. Proven Winners is a great plant company that is working on breeding and improving, improving some of the old the old plants we loved. But now we'll have a great selection of new plants uh, in those groups. And before the break, we were talking about Achillea. We were talking about um, uh, Yarrow, if you will. There's some great proven winners coming out in the Yarrows. But then we skipped into Baptisia. Now, Baptisia commonly is called false indigo. It gets its name because uh, there was a use for it uh, to dye cloth, denim in particular, uh, in place of indigo, but it's not true indigo. It's actually a great native plant, and I think you'll find that they work very well in your landscape. But Proven Winners has a series. Uh, I think I counted them up, and I didn't write it down. Two, four, six, eight, nine, at least nine varieties of false indigo that have come out in the Decadence. What a great name, Decadence series. One of the first ones is going to give you that great blue color, that Baptisia, false indigo, is known for, and that's called sparkling sapphires, false indigo. It's a beautiful plant, very, very bright, uh, lavender blue, violet blue flowers, and I shouldn't say lavender, it's more violet, pushing into the purples, right? But the beauty of it's a very compact plant. Baptisias are could get quite tall, some of the uh, traditionals, but this is still quite tall, three feet tall, three feet wide. They make nice large clumps as they grow. And so, of course, that means that uh, you don't have to worry about them spreading with runners and popping up in other places. They're very tame. They have all the baptisias, all the false indigos have a beautiful ashy blue-green color. It does, it's not a dark green, it's not a lime green, it's not a bright green, it is more of that blue-green color. And uh, with the sparkling sapphires, you get a beautiful, just raceme straight up into the air. I don't know if I'm using the correct botanical term there, but a tall spike of pea-like flowers that are just a gorgeous violet-blue color. And uh, again, that blue-green foliage, it just sets it off. Now, because they're a little smaller, they can fit closer to the house. They can fit in a more urban area if you don't have much room, or suburban area if you don't have much room. The thing we have to remember with the Baptisias uh, are that they're quite drought-tolerant. I'm going to talk about two more varieties, but all of these Baptisias, the faults and the ghosts, they're quite drought-tolerant, so perfect for the south, perfect for what we're doing here uh, in the southeast part of the United States. And being that, being that they are native here, they're used to our climate. It's not like we're importing it. No disease issues that we're aware of. They can handle full sun. They can go along the edge of a woodland and part sun. So somewhere between five to eight hours would be wonderful for this plant. They don't have to have the best soil. They can handle, of course, our acidic soil, but poor soil as well, because once they're established, you won't ever have to really water it. Now, they come up in the spring. They just pop up with these little spears, kind of like asparagus. Now, remember that with Baptisia, you get a short blooming period. 
They come in maybe late spring. They're starting right now in the greenhouse because they've been in the greenhouse and they're pushed further along. But they start in spring and maybe go into early summer. So they're not reblooming all summer long by any means. Every spear will have its flower bud. And if the spear gets damaged, you've reduced a flower bud. But just some sort of like the peonies that we talk about. Peonies, one stalk for one flower. Uh, and the more stalks you have, the more flowers you have. But folks, these are good plants to put in the back of a perennial border, maybe in front of a hedge or something, and they will just spire up into the air and they will send those flower spikes up and beautiful. Because they don't bloom multiple times, you don't really have to deadhead. Um, but as soon as it gets cold, the leaves will turn black and you'll think something's wrong. No, the plant will be fine. Uh, but baptisias, they just do that. When it gets cold, they turn black. And actually, if you leave the seed pods on, then they too will turn black in the summer. They'll dry out pretty quickly, and they sort of add another, uh, they're super huge, they look like huge peas, pea pods, and they turn very brown, very black almost, and it does add another bit of whimsy, in my opinion. Not everybody um, cares for that, but I think that you can leave those seed pods on, and they add just another kind of fall interest, if you will. Again, very drought tolerant. So check out the Sparkling Sapphires, uh, Baptisia, from the Decadent series, as well as, in order to sort of balance that blue, you can look into Decadent's Lemon Meringue. Again, part of the Proven Winter series Decadence, but Lemon Meringue. It's going to be a similar size plant, three by three, quite compact. And they are going to be some of the vivid, most brightly uh, shining yellow that you'll see. And I love this plant because even in the nursery, we can see this. The stem uh, that, that holds the yellow flowers is quite uh, gray, sort of a charcoal gray, if you will. And that is how Proven Winters describes it, and I think it is uh, true to its form. On top of the charcoal gray stems, of course, are those lemon yellow flowers. So lemon meringue is another shade of Baptisia to partner with the sparkling sapphires purple. Again, it's got the blue-green foliage. It can handle fairly poor soil if you don't have a, you know, nutrient-rich uh, soil because the Baptisias are in the legume family. Just like peas and beans, they will pull nitrogen out of the air and fix it into their root system and use that nitrogen uh, to grow. So you don't have to be feeding these heavily like you might with other blooming perennials. Now, the last Baptisia that I want to talk about that Proven Winners has in their Decadent series, just I'm just talking about three today. Like I said, I think there's nine at least, is Cherry's Jubilee. Cherry's Jubilee, same a form of plant, about a three by three clump, mounding clump of um, of uh, flowers and stems shooting up into the air, blue green foliage, but the flower color is a bit different. The flower color, uh, let me describe it as Proven Winners does, does. It's unique maroon and yellow flowers that age to gold. They age to gold. Now, the beauty of uh, Cherry's Jubilee, False Indigo, is that there are secondary branches that come off of one stalk. So that increases the number of blooms that you will have on this plant. 
So very gorgeous. It's very true. They are actually starting to bloom in the greenhouses now. Uh, even though it's early in the spring, they're just starting to set their buds. You can see that sort of maroon and yellow in the flower. And as we go in the next couple of weeks, they're going to really stand off. So Cherry's Jubilee, it does give you sort of a sense of cherry uh, because, you know, the not Bing cherry, uh, Rainier cherries. You can go to the grocery store, buy Rainier cherries, probably from the West Coast. Well, they have that blush of red and yellow mixed together. This particular one, Cherry's Jubilee, does uh, hold true to its name. A wonderful name for a wonderful plant. Uh, deer don't necessarily care for the Baptisias. Uh, they're native here, so they've, I guess, figured out a way to defend themselves. Uh, so not a bad idea to look into Baptisia. It's a shorter blooming plant, okay, but as the flowers fade on any Baptisia, the plant itself can give you quite a bit of structure, and because they have these perfectly little lobed, well, tri-lobed leaves, I guess we could say, they look like a, uh, uh, oh, I can't even describe it, but very beautiful leaf, blue-green foliage, those foliages will be there to be a backdrop for other plants, as those continue to bloom. So, false indigo, Baptisias, particularly the decadent series from Proven Winners, is a good new plant that you may need to introduce into your landscape for 2022. So after the faults and the ghosts have bloomed and we're getting into summer, uh, a lot of folks look for those summer hibiscus, summer hibiscus. And those, there's, you know, there's tropical hibiscus, which you have to bring in over winter if you want to keep it. But I think that the um, hibiscus, the hardy hibiscus, the true perennial hibiscus, hibiscuses, it's the way to go because you can plant them in the ground. They die back to the ground, to the root system every year, and then they spring up when it warms up. It takes them a long time. It's got to be really warm, but they come back with new stems that then are going to bloom. So Proven Winners has come up with a variety, one, two, three, four, five, six, it looks like I'm counting 11 different types of hibiscus, hardy hibiscus that can bloom all summer. So when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about those huge flowers, very tropical, very poolish. You can put them around your pool, the hardy hibiscus. When we get back, we'll see you on the other side. Folded for the world to behold. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, today on New Southern Garden, we are talking about some new things. We're talking about some new great perennials that you may want to try in your landscape. Uh, we've been talking about uh, uh, yarrow and false indigo. And before the break, we were starting to discuss hibiscus. Remember, hibiscus are those huge flowering plants. Some, some varieties are small, uh, but the ones we're talking about today are quite large, quite large, uh, several inches in diameter. Now, you know... When you go into the nurseries, into the garden centers in the spring, you want to be asking questions about the hibiscus you're looking at. Because there are some hibiscus that really can't handle our winters. 
And so they would be an annual, right? They could go around a pool, they could go uh, on the patio or wherever. But then in order for them to live to the next se- next year, you got to bring them in. You got to keep them warm. But hardy hibiscus are hibiscus that truly perennial. They do die to the ground, but they come back. They come back from the ground once it gets really warm and they'll bloom all summer long pretty much nonstop. So the Proven Winners folks have a series of hardy hibiscus called Summerific. Wonderful name, the Summerific Hibiscus. There's probably about 11 varieties what I've counted. Of course, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week, we can't carry all 11 varieties, but we do carry a handful. And I do want to talk about a couple of those. Now, remember that hardy hibiscus, they really like the sun. The more sun they get, the more sun they have, the more they'll bloom. And in some cases, the foliage, the leaf color of these particular hibiscus is quite black. Some are very green and some are very black. It gives you a good contrast with bright flower, dark foliage. So uh, what kind of soil do hibiscus need? Well, they do like well-drained soil, but fairly moist. Uh, you might find that in the heat of summer as it gets dry, they've sort of wilt a little bit. But you can perk them up uh, because those blossoms, the blossoms that they have, they're going to be very attractive uh, to hummingbirds, but other pollinators, you know, with six, eight, nine-inch blooms, that is a big landing pad for a hummingbird butterfly to fall into and just get crazy uh, with pollination. So plant them near your vegetable garden, and that will bring in the pollinators. Now, in most cases, these hibiscus can be as hardy as down to Zone 4. Now, Zone 4, folks, is somewhere in Wisconsin. So here in the South, no problem at all. They're native to North America because they are hybrids of several different species that we have. Remember, hibiscus is in the cotton family, right? So cotton is in the is, is the family of hibiscus. They have similar flowers, you'll notice, sometimes similar leaves. We have no problem growing cotton here in the South. We have no problem growing these fairly native and hybrid uh, of native varieties, native species uh, to the North American region. Usually, they're going to be deer resistant. And I'm just going to say usually because anytime that we talk about deer resistance, you've got to keep a close eye. It could be very dependent on the herd that happens to be in your backyard. So uh, good planting for deer resistance. Now, the first summerific the first summerific uh, hibiscus that I want to talk about is called Berry Awesome. The Berry Awesome Summerific Hibiscus from Proven Winners. It has these very large, seven to eight inch wide, lavender pink flowers with a red eye in the center. So that is going to be that transition in color. It's almost a perfect little circle of red in the center of the flower that is going to draw in the eye of your pollinators for sure now they have the foliage is a very contrasting uh, midnight green deep midnight is how proven winners describes it and i would say that's a good description because it has a dark green foliage almost pushing in to that um, to that black foliage if you will as a matter of fact they're sort of right in the middle of green to black so very uh, very dark but it really helps to show off that bright uh, lavender pink flower that goes there so the flowers are going to be produced from the top to the bottom of the plant rather than just at the top like some other cultivars. So that makes berry awesome a little different. You'll find flowers throughout the plant, not just near the tips. 
it's a good improvement and I think something that we can all appreciate. The uh, foliage really forms the perfect habit for the plant, just the perfect habit foliage. And again, you're going to be showing off those blossoms uh, and foliage from late summer into early fall. They'll really hang out in the landscape. The size is not too domineering. The size is four feet tall, four and a half to five feet wide. So kind of a big globe, if you will, almost perfectly round. It needs to be planted near the back of other plants because it does get tall. But remember, some of these hibiscus natively or traditionally can get maybe three or four feet larger than that. So this is a more compact form of a plant and really uh, shows off with that beautiful lavender pink flower. Now, the next one that we want to talk about is going to be called the Summerific Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is going to be a beautiful plant. Of course, you know, you can describe any plant as beautiful, I suppose. But the Holy Grail gives us the red color that we like. If the uh, berry awesome gives us the pinkish color we like, then the Holy Grail gives us that true cherry blood red, if you will. Very dark, and it too has a darker red center. So you got this bright red in the, uh, let's see, eight to nine inch blossom that you'll get on this baby. Eight to nine inches of a bloom. Folks, you could eat your dinner off of that if it was a plate, right? You really could. Nine inch, I mean, that's the size of a, a standard round cake pan, right? So eight to nine inches. Again, that incredible color of the brighter red with a dark red center. Now the foliage is near black. So again, we've got a bright flower contrasting very well with the dark purple black foliage of the plant and oval shaped leaves. The beautiful thing about the summerific hibiscus, and you need to check out provenwinners.com for summerific. They have a, they have a great uh, infographic for all of their uh, cultivars, and they've got them uh, spread out on this chart, if you will, from uh, the green varieties, green leaf forms, all the way to the black leaf forms and everything in between. And then they have them uh, listed out by the flower, uh, sorry, the foliage shape. So Summerific Holy Grail is going to be an oval shape. Some are more dissected uh, with ridges and lobes in them. And so even though we only have time today to talk about two, <laughs> there's nine more for you to look at online. So this plant, very similar to the Berry Awesome in size, four, four and a half uh, feet tall, and maybe five feet wide, four and a half to five feet wide. So again, you got to think that the hardy hibiscus, they are large plants. They're almost shrub-like. They're almost shrub-like, except at the end of the year, when everything cools down, the stems will uh, shrink down, they will dry out, and the plant will be the root for winter. And so you can remove those stems. I wouldn't remove them too soon. I would let them hang out all winter because the stems tend to be hollow. And you might find that some of the bees like to bore and nest in there. If you're into increasing pollinators in your landscape, solitary bees, uh, carpenter bees, they may bore into these things and make a home over winter. So keep those hollow stems up, but then as soon as you see the first signs of green foliage, green new stems down at the base, you can remove those stems. You may need loppers or something that's quite heavy duty. While the plant's young, you can trim them back with your hand printers, but 
trim them back as soon as you see new foliage coming out. And I'll say, folks, right now, this weekend, there's no foliage coming out on the summerific hibiscus or any of the hardy hibiscus. It's still just too cold. Uh, but as things warm up, they will definitely start greening out and will trim back the stems to nothing down to the ground. And you've started your plant over for 2022. So again, the two hardy hibiscus that I want to talk about are from proven winners and of course that's the summerific berry awesome beautiful berry colored flower uh, more of the pinks uh, lavender pink if you will and then of course the holy grail which has the bright red and very dark foliage so Check out Hardy Hibiscus, whether you uh, are, are shopping this weekend or not. Put it on a list because when you get out into the nurseries, Hardy uh, Hibiscus, they're large, but they are gorgeous in everything they do, really. All right, so now let's sort of shift gears. Let's get out of the sun garden for a little bit and go to the shade garden because I know not all of us are, you know, bequeathed with so much sun. And one of the most favorite plants, one of our most favorite plants for the shade, of course, you probably guessed it, you're probably already thinking of it, is the hosta. Now, the hosta has been around for a long time. There are already plenty to choose from, but I tell you what, Proven Winners is really putting out a great selection. Uh, the Shadowland series, there are several new ones that they are coming out with that have been coming out and probably more to come. Let me give you some of the names here. Uh, Autumn Frost, Hudson Bay, Wee, the Wee, it sort of has this ruffled edge uh, to the hosta. And then some of the blues like Water Slide, Voices in the Wind, Hope Springs Eternal, Above the Clouds, great names. There's Woo La La, that's a good one too. So there is one that I do want to focus on, though. It's called Empress Wu, because Empress Wu, and Proven Winners states this about this plant. They say that Empress Wu is, let me quote, the largest known hosta available. Now, there have been some large hostas, you know, some in substance, but Empress Wu can get three to four feet in height, <laughs> and it can spread five to six feet wide. If you know hostas, they clump. They sort of spread by clumping, and so it's nothing that's running very quickly in the landscape. It's a slow spread to five to six feet, but three to four feet tall, folks. As a matter of fact, if you checked out online at provenwinners.com, the Shadowland Empress Wu Hosta, you will see a lovely picture of a cute little girl, maybe three or four. I'm not exactly sure how old. I don't have a three or four-year-old yet, but I can tell she's older than two. So this hosta is almost as tall as she is already. I don't know what time of year that uh, picture was taken, but the, the leaf, the leaf is probably twice the size of that sweet little girl's head. Of course, this huge, massive plant makes these gigantic upright mounds of these thick, dark green leaves um, that actually, when they bloom, they have sort of a blossom that is reddish violet. Usually we see, you know, purples and violets. We see some in the whites, but this one having a reddish violet is kind of unusual. And as Proven Winter states, can make a fantastic statement in the shade garden. So again, the Empress Wu Hosta is one of the largest that I have ever seen, and Proven Winner says there's not one bigger. So if you need a big clump of something with huge, coarse textured leaves, somewhere maybe near the base of a tree or on the corner of the patio where you need something substantial. Now, just like all hostas, they die down to the ground for winter, but they will pop up with those beautiful spears that just envelop and open up into these massive large leaves. 
if you have a hosta garden where you're showing off the different shades of green and blues and yellows and variegations and whites and of course different blooming types different colors then this would be one to add and it could really add some structure because it's so big but of course hostas pair well with things like hellebore and ferns if you had this huge empress woo leaf hosta beside some autumn ferns or tassel ferns or, uh, well, maybe not Japanese painted ferns because it would dwarf them, <laughs> but uh, if you planted it with larger ferns, you'd have a great uh, display in your shady garden areas. So empress woo is part of the Shadowland hosta series from Proven Winners. Uh, it's not necessarily new for 2022, but I will say uh, that it's been around long enough that we've sold it many times and they are always impressive plants. So check out the Shadowland series, particularly Empress Wu, the largest known hosta uh, to mankind. Now, we do have to take a little bit of a break, but I want to talk about a couple of plants when we get back that are new uh, and uh, Proven Winners has released some of the beautiful plants, but I do want to talk about them because they're going to be great for the pollinator garden. They're going to be great. One of them is a native plant and one of them is a plant that we've used in gardens for a long time, but it's got a great name. It's got a great name. I will just give you a hint. It's perfect. So we'll be back after this with more plants, perennial plants for 2022. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. <laughs> at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now, let's get growing together. You know, folks, I don't think that I've ever met anybody who doesn't like something new. Whether it's a new house, a new car, a new sandwich, <laughs> a new whatever. We all like new things. And in the garden, you know, we gardeners, we love our new plants. And uh, there are some great new plants that have been coming out. And so today we've been talking about some new plants, particularly perennial plants, plants that come back year after year from Proven Winners, who is releasing uh, some wonderful plants. Now, you will know the Proven Winners plants in the your local nurseries and garden centers because you will see them in this brilliant white pot large oversized pot compared to some other nursery pots and on the front is going to be a big pw with proven winners so today we're talking about some of their selections and some of the things that they're doing in their breeding programs now before the break i mentioned that we're going to talk about a new plant that is perfect perfect i don't know i shouldn't do that perfect for the perennial garden and let me tell you why that is cat mint now, this is not catnip, okay? There are two different plants, catnip and catmint. But I will say, if you have catnip or catmint, your cats will love it, and it will intoxicate them. So that's how this plant gets its name. Its botanical name is Nepeta. Some people call it Nepeta. It doesn't really matter as long as we know what we're talking about. But the catmints are 
beautiful. They're usually in the purples and lavenders, and proven winners are as well. But this one is called Cat's Pajamas Cat Mint, or Cat's Pajamas Nepita, Nepita, Nepita whatever. So the cat's pajamas is a very compact plant, which means it's wonderful for right up close on the edge of your perennial border, your pollinator garden, wherever you're planting uh, plants that to attract pollinators. It only stands about 12 inches, a foot tall, to 14 inches when it blooms, and it spreads. It's a nice clump of 18 to 20 inches. So it's not a huge plant, but you can group them together and make an impressive border. Now, the beautiful thing about cat mint is that it has a long blooming season. It starts, actually, some are blooming at the nursery. The cat's pajamas are blooming right now, and it starts late spring, early summer, midsummer, late summer, all the way through, pretty much. You're going to have this brilliant uh, lavender-colored blossoms, purple blossoms uh, that can just squeeze in in little nooks and crannies in the sun area. Now, uh, cat pajamas is described as an indigo blue flower uh, that actually produces flowers on the stem from the soil to the tips. Now, that's pretty impressive. The old-fashioned, something like Walker's Low Napita of uh, cat mints, they sort of, they have a long blossom, but they're taller, and they really only bloom in the top few inches. So this is definitely an improvement that Proven Winners has given us on cat's, cat's pajamas cat mint. Um, now, that splash of color is going to be great when you partner it with something like yellow or some bright pinks and whatnot. And even after, even after the blossoms have fallen, okay, the part of the flower that holds the petals to the stem is called the calyx. Well, the calyx is a rosy purple that adds just another layer of color in your landscape. I love cat mint in general, and cat's pajamas is really the meow, which <laughs> there's another series, uh, another proven winner's plants called Cat's Meow. But Cat Pajamas, Cat's Pajamas is one of the, my favorite. And it really is going to stand out and it's going to provide, not just stand out to you and those who view it, but it's also going to stand out to the pollinators because they're going to swarm it. And if you have kitties, the kitties may rub on it. The kitties may chew on it. I don't know what the kitties do to it. But whatever they do, it does something to them. <laughs> so keep that in mind if you have cats. Now, another plant that you need to add to your pollinator garden, and I don't care if you look for this variety or some variety of penstemon. Penstemon or beard tongue is generally... Uh, there's several different species that are native to North America. So usually we're growing native species, which is beautiful for our pollinator gardens. And they bloom for a long time, particularly this new one from Proven Winners. It is called Midnight Masquerade. Midnight Masquerade. And I find that the name is quite appropriate. As a matter of fact, we've been selling it at the nursery for a long time now, for several years. And we planted some in our landscape because it's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. Proven Winners uh, describes this as the perfect landscape perennial. And there are some several features why I could see we could call it that. Well, first of all, it's fairly compact. For a, for a penstemon, it's only three by three or so, three by two, uh, three foot tall, two to three feet wide. So it's a nice large clump, sort of mid-range perennial. You would want to put this behind the cat's pajamas uh, cat mint, but maybe in front of the hardy hibiscus. So 
this particular plant, the reason I guess it's called Midnight Masquerade is it's a good contrasting plant in and of itself. First of all, the foliage is deep burgundy um, to purple leaves. And that is a good description because you can see the purple and you can see the deep burgundy. Almost a red, but not quite red and almost purple, right? So it's a good mixture of that. And those that foliage hangs out all season long, all spring and summer long. But then, of course... Um, the flower spikes rise above the plant, so you get this tall and full, very refined. Proven Winter says it has a refined habit, and I believe it because I've seen it blooming for three and four years, and it is one of the most refined beard tongue or pinstamens that I have ever seen. The blossoms, rich lavender purple, and they have a pure white interior. So if you can imagine this very brilliant purple because of the white brightening it up, right on top of these dark stems and dark leaves. Again, that burgundy purple leaf. It is a great contrast. The, oh gosh, I would say that the the flowers themselves, you know, they're sort of like a snapdragon flower almost. They open up like that. But that brilliant uh, lavender white on the dark stem and leaf, it is a great contrast. The, the flowers, when they're first opening, budding out, they almost look like little uh, lavender pearls, lavender pearls on this dark stem and dark leaf. It's a great combination, and I'm glad that they released it uh, as Midnight Masquerade because it does have something to say about that darkness in the leaf about midnight, and yet the brilliant uh, purple is like a little party, right? But regardless... Um, any of the penstemons are wonderful. There's Husker's Red, which has been around for decades, the, 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 probably longer than decades, but the uh, foliage there is more in the red. Uh, this one, though, folks, Midnight Masquerade, is red-purple. Perfect combination of red and purple. All right, so that's Midnight Masquerade Penstemon from Proven Winners. Uh, I, I just wanted to spend this hour today talking to you about some new things you need to be looking for or, or could be looking for. I'm not telling you what you got to do, but I am saying that these plants, we've worked with them for, for years now, and uh, they're relatively new, though, uh, within the past probably five or less than 10 years at least, and they've really performed well. They've performed well in the nursery, and I believe they'll perform well in your landscape. They're performing well in ours. I think that, uh, you know, whenever we uh, get out to the nurseries, we have those dependable plants that we've used for years and years. But to try something new, to put it in the landscape, that's what we've got to do because that's what we've always done. Generations before us have released new plants. They're old to us, but at one point they were new to them. And these plants are new to us now. And for future generations, they may be old, but that's all right. They do seem like many of these are going to be enduring in the trade uh, for a long time to come. So gang, I'm glad that you've decided to join us, like I said at the beginning, here on New Southern Garden. Of course, uh, be sure to check us out online, NewSouthernGarden.com. Uh, you can submit a question there. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Now, if you want to join us uh, on the weekend of April 16th, Saturday, from 9 to 4, we're having our garden party at Lanier Nursery and Gardens, where you can find me throughout the week. Just check us out online, LanierNurseryGardens.com and RSVP your kids, uh, school-age kids, for the Easter egg hunt at 11 o'clock and lunch to follow at 12. Well, for New Southern Garden and WRWH, my name's Nathan Wilson, hoping you stay well and grow well this weekend. Take care. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. 
Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's News Southern Garden Show.